This is what the Bible says. The Bible says that if we do life alone, if we do life alone, we could be in trouble. But if we have somebody to do life with, we'll actually succeed. The Bible says that not only will we succeed, but we will find strength. How many of you need some strength? The Bible says not only will you have strength, but you will be kept warm. How many of you want some fire when it comes to life? It says that you will be able to conquer that when you find somebody that you're able to do life with, which we have to use wisdom in picking those people, that you will begin to conquer in life. And there's a story in the Bible in the book of Mark that I want to read. I'm going to read it in the uh, Passion Translation. Uh, This is a great example of friendships. This is a great example of people working together, going towards Jesus. How many of you know that we do life together? We are better together. And it starts here, Mark 2, we're going to read 1 through 12. It says, several days Jesus returned to Capernaum, and the news quickly spread that he was back in town. Soon, there were many people crowded outside the house to hear him, that there was no more room. There was no more room even outside the door. While Jesus was preaching the word of God, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man. But when they realized they couldn't even get near him because of the crowd, they went on top of the house, tore away the roof above Jesus' head. And when they had broken through, say broken through. Come on, say it again, broken through. How many of you want to break through in 22? When they have broken through, they lowered the paralyzed man on a stretcher right down in front of him. When Jesus saw the extent of their faith, just the paralyzed man's faith? No, their faith. When Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, my son, your sins are now forgiven. This offended some of the religious scholars who were present and they reason among them who does he think he is to speak this way this is blasphemy for sure only God himself can forgive sins Jesus supernaturally perceived their thoughts and said to them why are you being so skeptical why which is easier to say to this paralyzed man your sins are now forgiven or stand up and walk But to convince you that the Son of Man has been given authority to forgive sins, I say to this man, stand up, pick up your stretcher, and walk home. Immediately, say immediately. The man was healed, sprang to his feet in front of everyone, and left for home. When the crowd witnessed this miracle, they were all awestruck. They shouted praises to God and said, we've never seen anything like this before. We've never seen anything like this before. How many of you know when people work together as a team to get to Jesus, there are people that will also begin to experience Jesus? When there is a team that work together to say, this is our common goal to get closer to Jesus, there's breakthrough that happens. What I want to talk to you today about is breakthrough in 22. Breakthrough in 22. Your breakthrough in 22 is going to be determined by your relationship with God and your relationship with others. Your breakthrough in 22 is going to be determined by your relationship with God and, say and, your relationship with others. How many of you don't want to do life alone? 
How many of you want to get sharpened? How many of you want some friends that are able to stand back and back, back to back with you? Come on, wave at me if that's what you want in 22. Come on, we're going to pray. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is true. Lord, we just thank you that we're able to be here in freedom in this great country. God, we thank you that we're able to hear your word, that we're able to gather together under your name. And Lord, we just thank you right now that you begin to touch the way that we think and the way we feel and ultimately the way that we walk. Lord, we thank you that we are being molded to look more like you. You are the one that we follow. You are the one that we live for. You are the one that we trust. We thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen. How many of you, you have several outlets in your life or you try to have some outlets in your life to like de-stress or get away or anything like that. Anybody wave at me, wave at me. Some of you have some outlets in your life. Maybe it's playing golf, maybe it's fishing, maybe you're saying, God, I wish I had one, you know, but everybody needs some kind of outlet. You know, um, of course we pray and of course we get with God, um, but it's always good to have something to just kind of like blow off some steam, right? And, uh, and I found in my life, I like to throw things around. That like really helps me. So throwing weights around is like a great thing. It's a great de-stressor. It's actually kind of like um, therapy for me, right? Throwing things around. But I have learned several years ago that I, because I enjoy lifting something heavy, but I, I actually, a couple of years ago, I was in a gym by myself late at night and I lit, was lifting something heavy and I realized in the moment, it was too heavy. You ever had that moment that you thought, this can be really bad? And I had those clamps on the ends, you know, where you can't just like slide off the weight, you know, and I, I thought I had it, I thought I had it, I'm pushing it, ugh, and you're like right there and you're like, oh Lord, I don't have it. And it hits your chest, right? And I'm thinking like, this is it. If this thing rolls on my neck, I'm done. That's all, that's the most embarrassing way to die. Pastor lifting weights, the bar got caught on his neck, and I thought, dear Lord, I can't go out like this. And so I, I laid there complicated, complicated, I was thinking, God, how do I get, I'm trying to shift and it won't come off, and then I thought, maybe if I yell for help, and I look around, and nobody is there, nobody is there, then I thought, you know what, I'm going to slowly inch this bar forward, and it was crushing my chest onto my stomach all the way off, and I survived. Y'all, I'm here. I'm here. Give God a hand. He saved me. He saved me. <laughs> From that day forward, I never lift heavy weight like that without a spotter. I always go to the gym and say, if I'm lifting something I'm like unsure of, I ask a stranger or somebody that I'm working out with, and I'm like, hey, can you spot me? Because how many of you know that that weight can crush you? It's, it's, it's something that is actually wise to do to get a spotter. It's the same way in life. Life can get heavy, and you need some help sometimes. You know, it's good to be able to work out by yourself, but it's also to, good to be able to work out with somebody else. You know why? Because you can work out with yourself a lot, a lot, but you're never really getting challenged. When you work out with somebody else, you're getting challenged. You are, they're challenging you. Maybe you're good at one thing, they're, they're better at another thing. You're getting 
challenged. And so it's the same with us. We need a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God, but we also need to have a relationship with God when it comes to doing life with others. And it's just one of those secondary consequences of loving God that you naturally want to love others. And God never intended for his church or his body to do life alone. Look at your neighbor and say, you need a spotter. And so I want to give you some things today that I believe that are going to help give you a breakthrough in 22. Help give you a breakthrough in 22. And we're actually going to look at that story of four friends that brought this paralyzed man to uh, Jesus. Now, I know that this had to be friends because this was not an easy task. You have a paralyzed man, you have four friends, and they are overcoming the impossible to get to Jesus. How many of you want some friends that are willing to overcome the impossible with your life? And I want to give you something from this story. It's five C's for a breakthrough, five C's for a breakthrough. And this really has to do with breakthrough in our relationships with others because your success doesn't only put, depend on your relationship with God, it depends on developing your relationship with others. That's, God, that's how God intended it. The first C is this. The first C is this, commitment. Write that down, commitment, to commit. These guys had to commit, did they not? Have you ever tried to carry somebody for a long ways? These guys had to commit. They had to be committed to their end goal or they would have given up. How many of you know commitment is important? Now, honestly, the three most greatest commitments in your life, number one, the commitment to live for God. That is the greatest commitment you can ever make in your life, to not just believe in God, but to surrender to him and say, God, my life is yours. How many of you in here, you are thankful that you made God your life? Come on, wave at me, that you said, God, I surrender, I give you everything. That is the number one ultimate commitment that you could ever make. And it is the best commitment that you could ever make because we were born to have a relationship with God. Number two, the most important decision you will ever make outside of your relationship with God is who you're going to marry. Come on, somebody. It's who you're going to marry. Not only um, do we need a relationship with God, but the person that you decide to marry is so vital. You know, how many of you want to marry the right one? The right one. Listen, women that are single in here, Several of you in here, um, find a man uh, that loves God. But this is the problem. There's a lot of people that say they love God. Find somebody that actually is committed to loving God and committed to a body, committed to purpose. Two different things. If we go around this city, maybe not this city, but the outskirts of this city and say, do you love God? Uh, yeah, I love God. Yeah, me and God, we're like, you know, we're homeboys. I talk to them all the time. But how many of you know you can tell what you believe by how you act? And if you're looking for a man, women, find somebody that loves God and is committed to God in his house. Also, find a man with a job while you're at it. You know, he, when you're like, what do you do? And he's like, you know, I'm into, like, investments, like Bitcoin. Run the other way, right? 
<laughs> Find somebody with a J-O-B. How many of you know that stewardship is important? Find somebody that treats their mama good, ladies. Because the way they treat their mama is the way they're going to treat you. Come on, somebody. Some guys in here are like, dang it, I've got to work on that. <laughs> Men, find a woman that loves God and is chasing after God. Find a woman, find a woman that honors their, their dead. Not that they have to be perfect, but they have honor in their heart. Come on. Find somebody that's seeking after God. It's one of the most important decisions that you can ever make. And maybe you're in here and you're like, well, I got married and that really wasn't how they were. How many of you know that God is a restorer? When you made that commitment, God, God knew beforehand you were going to make that commitment. And it's important that y'all both say, as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so it is very difficult to do this life that the Bible says unequally yoked. Now, when you are yoked, it has nothing to do with eggs. This had to do with a yoke back in the day where ox would plow a field. They were going after the same thing, the same purpose, and that was to till the ground. It was a yoke. It actually looks like a cross. And the Bible says if you have one person going this way and the other person going this way, you're going to go nowhere. But if you make a decision, this is the direction that we're going, you're going to be able to work with each other to get the job done. And in your life, the most important thing to say is, you know what, we're going to seek God together. We're going to go to the house of God together. We're going to find a place that we call home together. We're going to, to, uh, we're going to begin to do spiritually things together because what you do with the unseen will affect what happens in the scene. How many of you know that we need some men that are leaders? Come on, that say, you know what, I'm going no matter what. In 2022... The climate is the woman is the spiritual leader. How many of you know that that's not how our nation was founded? That we have to be leaders of men that say, man, let's pray. Not a dictator, but a leader. Let's pray. Let's read our word. Let's go to the house of God. How many of you want to believe that 2022 is going to be a year where marriages, marriages are restored and thrive? And the third thing is this. I believe the third thing is this. The most important decision that you can commit to in your life is your church body that you commit to. Your tribe. You know, Leah always says, there's a lid for every pot. You know, it is important that you go to a place that you say, you know what, this is where I am committing to. This is where I'm going to get fed. Listen, not to say that you won't ever run into issues, but how many of you know who you do life with is very important? Who you do life with is very important. And if you're searching, I can tell you great churches to go to. There are some great churches in the city, but there is a peace when you're at home. There is a, have you ever looked at houses before and you knew the one? You're like, that's the one. It was like this, this piece. I believe that when you begin to find a church body, that God will begin to put a piece in your heart and you're like, this is the one, right? Now, when it comes to finding our church body, I think it's so important that we see 
how the early church actually operated so that we begin to do the same because it was a blueprint on how we should do life together. Can we look at that today? Acts 2, 42, and then 44 through 47. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Listen to this. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another. How many of you want some friendships like that? Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly. Say regularly. For prayer. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold assets to distribute the proceeds of those who were in need among them. How many of you know that we need to know the needs in this body? And we have to come together and say, if we see a need, we're going to work together to fulfill that need. Amen? Daily, they met together in the temple courts, and in one another's home, they celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those that were coming to life. I love that it wasn't us four and no more. They were doing life together, and they were welcoming people in the family continually. How many of you know that our family needs to grow? that we begin to be real with each other and commit and say, you know what, I'm going to be committed to God's house. And you will start to not just commit to his house, but commit to relationships that are going in the same direction, that are saying, I want more of Jesus. I want to fulfill my purpose. I want to empower others. I, want, I don't want to live for my own self. I want to live for others. I want to look like Jesus. If that's you in here, just wave at me and give me a shout. If that's you in here today. Then you say, man, this life is not just about me. This life has to do with loving God and loving people. And that's what you need to, to find today. The second thing is carry. Say carry. Carry. This is what the Bible says. See, they carried one another, right? They carried. They all, did, they all took their part. They all took their way. Galatians 6, 2 through 5 says, Love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one as we carry, say carry, each other's troubles. So the Bible says the love of God empowers us to carry each other. How many of you know, just like you needed a, you, I needed a, a spotter, you need somebody to spot you. You need somebody to help to carry you. If you think you are somebody too important to stoop down and help another when really you are not, I love that in the parentheses, when really you are not, you are living in deception. Let everyone be devoted to fulfill the work of God has given them to do it with excellence. How many of you want to be that person? Can you think about, think about this for a second. You had a paralyzed man that were, he had four friends that were devoted, committed to carrying his weight. That's a good friend. You know how you know your friends? Move out of your house and see who helps you. You'll know who your friend is. Yeah, how many of you know carrying weight? You want somebody to help carry weight. And when we serve each other, when we serve each other and we carry our weight, we begin to win. So, for example, James, if you can come here, man. Let's give James a hand. Let's see. Matt, can you come out here, man? Come out here. Let's give Matt a hand. I'm looking around. I'm looking around. Um, 
Justin, come on up, man. Let's give Justin a hand. Trey, come on up, man. I need you, bro. All right, let's make this, let's make this applicable here. Um, um, which one of y'all uh, probably, let's see, let's see, who's paralyzed today? I'm not sure. Um, who's paralyzed today? All right, you're paralyzed today. You can just sit down. You can't move. You can't move. You can be Indian style if you'd like. That's, that's fine. You can lock your, your arms and your legs. That's fine. Now, Matt, this is what I want you to do, man. By yourself, if you can just <laughs> get this paralyzed man and bring him over to this speaker. If you, if you can just figure that out really quick, let's try to get him over there. Come on, let's cheer him on. Let's try to get him over here. You can do it. You can do it. Let's get him. Come on, cheer him on. You got it, bro. You got it. All right. All right. All right. He's a little too heavy. Okay, okay, okay. Now what we're going to do, now what we're going to do is, um, uh, Matt, if you can get uh, Trey and just uh, take the paralyzed man and bring him over here really quick. Take the paralyzed man. Uh, let's, let's give him a hand. You could do it. Come on, cheer him on. Come on, let's get it. Let's get it done. Get her done. Oh, oh. Come on, let's cheer him on. You got it. Good job. Now, I didn't think about this, but you're actually a strength coach, so you're relating <laughs> to what I'm saying here. How many of you feel like it could be easier if you had a little bit of help? Okay, Justin, if you can come on, we're gonna carry, we're gonna carry, we're gonna carry the paralyzed man back on the other side on the count of three. One, two, three, let's carry him. Come on, let's cheer him on today. Cheer him on. You got it. You got it. Was that easier? Was that easier? A little bit. Well, if it's a little bit, we need one more. We need one more person out there. One more person. Anybody that can be willing to help? Who? Mike. Come on out. Let's give Mike a hand. Come on. Come on, Mike. We know you've been doing cardio and lifting. We know you've been doing it. Now let's see how much easier it is to have four friends carry a weight. We're going to count the three, and I believe this is going to be lightning speed. These guys got this down. One, two, three, let's get, oh my goodness, let's bring them to the other side. Come on, let's give them a hand for carrying the paralyzed man. <laughs> I don't know who's more worn out, James or the guy that's carrying them. <laughs> Thank you guys, let's give them a hand. Strong man. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, Life gets easier when we're helping each other. When we're helping each other and we're all carrying our weight. You might think, think one person doesn't make a difference. One person makes a huge difference. It is the difference between ga getting gassed and being able to have the strength to get somebody to the other side. How many of you know that we have a purpose to do? We have people to win. We have people to see set free. And every person matters. How many of you know that every person carrying their weight matters? It matters. You might think what you're doing does not matter, but it's huge. It's huge. When there's one thing, uh, you know, there's a story of somebody that tried to jack up a house, but only three jacks were jacking up the house, and the house started to break and shift. So what they decided to do is to get a hundred small jacks, put it under the house, and it lifted that house 
with ease. How many of you know you don't need three or four main superstars when everybody carries their weight? God can do the impossible. He can begin to move, and things that don't seem possible are possible. I guarantee you, if me and James tried to go out of this, out of this place and try to lift a car, we would not be able to do it. But if all of us, all of us went out and t- we could lift that car in a second. Why? Because there's power when everybody carries their weight. Do you believe that? Come on. Let's be a church that carries each other's burdens. You're going through something financially? We're going to figure it out. We're going to pray. We're there with you. You're going through a divorce. You're going through a breakup. You're going through things that are hurtful. No, we're going to believe that God's going to turn it around in your life. We're going to carry the burden. We know that we are a body to help each other. How many of you know that a body is one? So listen, your little pinky toe, you ever, you ever smacked that thing before? That sucker hurts. <laughs> you know, on the corner of your bed, you try, my wife is so sweet. She never cusses. But when I hear her say, freaking fruity fly, which is really, I'm like, Lord, God, help me. Because this is like Mother Teresa here. Um, <laughs> I know she stumped her toe or something like that. Uh, because... Little part of the bodies matter. Little part of the body. And when you help a part of the body, you're helping yourself because we're one. Look at your neighbor and say, we are one. Now, can you, like, I can't even fathom what these guys did when they all carried their weight, and now you need to bring a paralyzed guy on a roof. That seems like difficult. That seems like there's a problem. I don't know how, like, this is not like modern day, I can go buy some pulleys or something like that. You had five guys, four guys carrying a paralyzed guy, and they got on top of a roof. This is my third, my third. You need to find a group of people that can create. You need to find a, a group of people that can create. Let's look at uh, Hebrews 10, 24. Discover creative ways to encourage one another and to motivate them towards acts of compassion. Discover creative ways. Doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed a habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. Man, discover creative. How many of you play sports in here? Anybody? Oh, three. Okay, we need to work on that. Um, (laughs) If you played a sport before and you actually got challenged in that sport, you know what it's like to feel like you, like during practice, you're dying. Anybody? You actually, your teammates, if you're a winning team, you're rallying each other and you are coming up with creative ways to keep each other motivated, creative ways to encourage each other because you feel like falling on the ground, puking and dying. Just being real. Some of you are looking at me weird. That's what happens during practice. You, you, you're able to say, you know, um, I'm gonna encourage you, you're gonna cur- encourage me, we're gonna come up with creative ways to get to the finish line. How many of you know that we need to be challenged? We need to be challenged. We gotta challenge each other. Isn't it funny that we say, you know what? We know, we all know collectively that we need to be challenged academically to actually excel. 
We all know that. We all know that we need to be challenged even when it comes to sports to be able to win and to be good. We all know that we got to be challenged to actually be able to compete when it comes to business. But how come when it comes to spiritual things, we don't want to be challenged? We all know to be good at something, you got to be challenged. But when it comes to spiritual things, we're like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to be challenged in that area. But the truth is the Bible says that it is iron that sharpens iron that makes us sharp. How many of you want to be sharp? How many of you want to get sharpened in 22? It takes challenge. See, you're going to be good at something that somebody else is not, and y'all are going to be able to challenge each other. When I think about being creative when you are coming up to a wall, I think of other people finding different talents and different weaknesses in your life. Actually, it makes me think of this video. If we can play this video really quick. This is an example of a creative team that is saying, you know what? I know that there's a wall, but I'm going to overcome that wall as a team. I'm going to begin to work together, see gifts and talents, and begin to conquer that wall. Let's see if we can play that. Look at these guys. This wall is not going to overtake us. I'm going to put the heavier people on the bottom. I'm going to start to have a strategy. I'm going to see who's uh, lighter. I'm going to help each other out. We're going, to cre- we're going to get creative and work as a team to overcome obstacles. It might be embarrassing. You might get a wedgie, but we're going to do it together, and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're going to make it together because we're better together. Come on, give God a hand if you believe that. And it's true, we are better together. Did you know in the Bible, there is one area in the Bible that says that we should be competitive against each other. Every, every other place in the Bible says to not compare yourself with each other, but there is in one area, say one area. The Bible says that we should compare to each other. There should be a challenge. There's going to be a challenge with this. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm challenging you. Romans 12.10. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Listen to this. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor for one another. Wow. What would it look like if our main competition was to outdo each other with honor and respect. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keep your passion towards him boiling hot, radiant with a glow of the Holy Spirit, and let him fill you with the excitement as you serve him. How many of you want to begin to honor one another? See, we tend to, as human beings, to mark people with their weakness because it makes ourselves feel better. You even do this, they even did this when they organized the Bible, you, you would see uh, the man with the withered hand. Well, he's not the man with the withered hand anymore, he's the man with the healed hand. It's not, it's not his weakness anymore. You'll see it even the woman with the issue of blood, where the woman with the issue of blood actually got healed. She's actually the healed woman. We like to identify people with their weakness, but how many of you know that we need to start to identify people by their strength? 
That, yeah, listen, those four corners I just picture, there's one that is strong, but he might not be that smart. There's one that's smart, but he might not be that strong. There's one that's creative, but he's not able to produce much. There are different strengths, and when you begin to honor different strengths and abilities, even though it does not look like you, and come together in one purpose, we will be able to win. Do you believe that? Come on, give God a hand if you believe that today. Trey, if you can come up and, and play, we're going to begin to, to, um, to end today. And this is the fourth one. This is the fourth one. And this is a huge one. They're, they finally figure out how to overcome the wall, overcome obstacles. How many of you know there's always a wall with us? When, you, when you're striving to do great things for God or you're striving to, to, uh, to live for God, there's always going to be a wall because God wants to prove himself faithful to you, and a lot of times he will do that through other people. How many of you want to have some faithful friends that are creative, that begin to draw the best out of you, that encourages you? Listen, when you start to think of somebody in your church and it, somebody just comes to your mind, call them, encourage them. Did you know there are people right now that are one word away from not committing suicide? There are people right now that are one encouragement away to step into their destiny. There are people that are one motivation away to keep that marriage. How many of you want to be a people that say, I'm going to begin to get creative on how to motivate, and we're going to begin to work together to overcome the wall, that there is no obstacle that's too big for God. There's nothing that you are going through that's too big for God. And this is my last thing. They were on top of that roof, and they all looked at each other and said, I want God so bad, I don't care who's going to get ticked off about this roof we're about to dig into. How many of you know if that was your roof, you'd be a little ticked off? These guys said, all right, it's time to get our hands dirty. We got to get through the mud and the dirt and all the straw. We got to clear things away. And that's our, our fifth one, is to clear. Our fourth one is to clear away. How many of you know that relationships sometimes get dirty? It can get messy. But this is what, this is what we tend to do. When we're going through things that we are embarrassed about, we tend to isolate ourselves. How many of you know that God said that we should do the opposite? This should not be a place for you to pretend like you're perfect. There's nobody that is perfect. We are all, we have all fallen short. We are all in a place that need grace. This is not a place to pretend like you got it all together. This is a place for the hurting. This is a place that they, we know that we actually need Jesus to move on. And you know what the word actually means, hypocrite? That word actually means wearing a mask to be an actor at a play. How many of you know that this is the place to take the mask off? This is the place to take the mask off. We don't like to take the mask off because we have shame with the things that we are going through. Not all the time, but how many of you know that if the enemy could have his way, he would want you to feel shame for where you are and isolate yourself? If you're in a place of isolation, know that you're in a very vulnerable place. 
The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And what he looks for are people that are isolated, that feel alone, that feel like nobody can get them. They feel shame for what they're doing. How many of you know that God's heart is not isolation? If you watch the uh, Animal Channel and you see those lions about to pounce on a herd, you see the, the, the little, the little uh, guy, the little uh, you know, fawn or whatever that's out by himself away from the herd. And you think in your head, that joker's about to go down. Why? Because there is vulnerability when you isolate yourself. If you have a bunch of coals in a fire and you take one coal and you put it outside of that coals in the fire, that isolation, that fire is going to die out. How many of you know that we got to stay together? We got to stoke each other. We got to be together because we know that we have to be in a place that, that we are stronger together. I had somebody call me not too long ago and was contemplating taking their life, contemplating ru ruining it all. But it was, it was him being vulnerable to say, this is what I'm actually feeling and going through. By the end of the conversation, he had hope about life. Because what happens? The enemy keeps mold and nasty things in the dark. And if you want to get rid of mold, what do you do, James? You actually have to bring it into the light and that light will take care of the things that have been kept in the dark for so long. And it would actually eliminate those dark things. Let's look at this. James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. How many of you know that it's important that we're able to open up and be vulnerable and say, this is what I'm going through. And the Bible says, when you begin to do that, healing takes place. Is there something you can't shake? Find somebody that you can trust that's been further than you and open up. This is what I'm believing in this season that we begin to help each other and we begin to see people come into the kingdom of God because we are in one purpose, one mind and one accord. And this is the fifth one, and we're going to close. The fifth one is this. We need to celebrate. When we do have the breakthrough, how many of you know that guy that was paralyzed, that took up his stretcher, walked home, stood up on his feet? He was celebrating. How many of you know that we need to celebrate together? When you get the promotion, we're celebrating. When you get, you find the one, we're celebrating. When you begin to have the breakthrough, we're celebrating. The Bible actually says, the Bible says it's in, um, it's in Romans 12, 15, celebrate with those that celebrate. How many of you know that we don't have to live a life that say, how come you're blessing him, God? How many of you know that we, we don't live jealous with each other? We say, you know what, if you can do it for them, you can do it for me. We find ourselves celebrating when God starts to move in others and people get a breakthrough. Can you imagine those four friends, those five friends, how they celebrated when they touched Jesus and their friend got healed? I believe there was a celebration. And when we come here on a Sunday, this is a celebration. This is celebrating all that God has done and all that God is about to do. How many of you know that we need to celebrate? 
The Bible says that when one person goes into the kingdom of God, that all the heavens throw a party and celebrate. When there's one person that gets healed, then one person that gets set free, one person gets closer to Jesus, we all celebrate with all of heaven. How many of you want to be that kind of church? Come on. If you say, you know what, I want to be in a place where I begin to work together. God brings divine connections in my life. So I need a spotter. I need somebody to challenge me. I need to run. I want to run with purpose. If that's you today, just stand up right where you are. I'm going to pray for you today. All over the room, let's just stand up. I'm going to pray for you. And if you say, before we say that prayer, if you say, if today you say, you know what? I actually need the first step. I need to ask Jesus in my life. I'm far away. I don't have a relationship with him. The Bible says this, that today is the day of salvation. I want to say a prayer for you, and we have a team that's praying together. And the Bible says when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Say that with me. You will be saved. Let's say it one more time. You will be saved. The Bible says that your past is over, right? The Bible says that your old life is over and you come into a new life, that you're a new creation, that your sins go as far as the east is to the west. Don't try to get it all together and come to God. Come to God and he'll get it all together. Today is your day to get close to God. And if we can, if we can all close our eyes and bow our heads and the rest of the worship team can come up, I want to say a prayer for you today. If you say, you know what, today today I want to ask Jesus in my life whether you're in this room or you are online with everybody's eyes closed and head bowed say this prayer after me let's say it all together say it after me say Jesus I believe in you I believe you died for me and that you rose again I want a relationship with you I turn from my own way and I ask you to come into my life From this day forward, I make you my Savior and my Lord. Come on, with everybody's eyes closed, nobody looking around, I'm not going to embarrass you, but if you said that prayer today, can you just slip up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hands. God bless you. You can put them down. I want to pray for those that lifted up your hand or even online. We would love for you to message us for making that decision. I want to pray for you. Lord, we thank you for everybody that lifted their hand. I thank you that all old things are passed away and all things become new. I thank you that as they confessed and as they received you in their life, Lord, they they have entered the family of God, that they have entered your kingdom. And I thank you that you have them in your hand for the rest of of their life. The Bible says that when one person comes to God, the whole heavens rejoice. Church 54 on the count of three, can we just shout today and give a clap and rejoice with heaven for those that said today, I want to come into the kingdom of God. One, two, three. Come on, let's give God a hand. Come on, let's give God a shout. I have one more prayer for you. I want to, I want to spend two times, two minutes in worship. And I want you to say, you know what, 
I'm going to make a decision to get in relationship right now. I'm going to make a decision to begin to get solid in relationship and begin to pursue God with people in my life uh, that I know are wanting the same thing. And as we do, as we do that and as we worship God, we're going to begin that we we're going to begin to believe that God is going to move in a mighty way. We're going to begin to expect that walls are coming down, that breakthroughs are happening, that people are going to get set free all throughout the city because we're coming together as one. We all need a spotter. We all need somebody to challenge us. We all need somebody to encourage us. If you're in that boat right now, can you just lift your hands and we're going to begin to worship. Let's believe that God's going to do it.